righty then. Welcome in week six of the Churn Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your co-host, Joe DeFrancesco at the Commission. We have Connor Boddington at Connor Bods underscore FF, and we are at the Churn FF. Good evening and happy Thursday. How you doing tonight? Doing great. Doing great. We got some football on soon. Hopefully we're going to see the Buccaneers just put a smack down on the Eagles. Um, but who knows? By the time you guys are listening to this, you guys will probably know what happens. And the Eagles might come out and kick their ass. You, you know, think these Thursday tonight? games are weird. These Thursday night football games are very weird. Eagles didn't put up a lot of points last week, but they they beat a pretty stout Carolina Panthers team to, I, I would say, essentially, you know, must win football for them already at this point. They're two and three. They're fighting. They're going to get their toughest test yet. Tampa Tom's going out to Philly. Maybe some shootout potential, but it, this game could definitely get ugly quickly, which is going to be bountiful for Jalen Hurts' fantasy points. I don't mm-hmm. know if I love the running game fantasy points outlook for the Eagles, but I'm actually I'm firing up Devontae Smith in fantasy yeah. this week. I, I think uh, I think that's the play this week, and I'm actually really excited about it. I'll have some meaningful football to watch tonight. I was going to say, as well as Smith, you also got to go Ertz, I think, too. Goddard out. I don't really know who's their number two target there right now because Goddard's yeah. on the COVID list. So I think Ertz is a guy, too. I mean, I, I assume if you guys have him, you're probably – I would think pivot to him and, and play him. Um, but by the time you guys again hear this, the game will have started and not going to have the opportunity to put him in. But yeah, when you check back with us on Friday, you you hopefully played Hurts. I mean, yeah, both Hurts, yeah. Hurts. You're firing up your Buccaneers minus Rojo minus tight ends. This is going to be another game where I think they work underneath. Uh, from what I've seen, the Eagles are pretty stout on the outside. They don't give up the deep ball. They play that zone. So what's going to happen is Tom Brady is going to cut you up in the middle. I think I like that for Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin tonight. Um, I like Gio, and I I probably like Fournette as well to get a lot of carry, get a lot of work today in that game. We'll see how we did tomorrow. When you're listening, you might say that was really dumb, but I think we're we're pretty spot on for what tonight's going to bring. So we'll see what happens this Thursday. Yeah, I think we'll see. A big play out of either Ragor or Watkins tonight. I think mm. one of them will will potentially have a big play, uh, just because that Bucks secondary is just so banged up right now. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that you're going to see a big play out of one of the other guys. I just don't know which one. Thursday night football. If you had to give me what you thought Devonte Smith is the captain was for captain mode, what would you say? What, can you tell me how much the most expensive guy is? You don't have to tell me who it is. I just want to know that starting price. 18 is the starting price. Okay. I will say 14.7 for Smith. He's lower. He's lower. He's 13.2, which I wow. actually thought was – I'm very surprised to see it because I'm looking for – you're always looking for leverage in a captain's mode, and we, this is going to be more beneficial for DraftKings, Sunday night football, Monday night football, headed into the slate, but – Nailing the captain in this mode, it's a six-player format, is do or die. Like, you can't win money without hitting the best player of the weekend. Typically, it's quarterback, to be to be quite honest. But every now and then, you get these huge games from receivers, running backs. And if you could get the captain right, you could make a lot of money here. I'm looking at tonight's slate. We'll see tomorrow morning what, it, what it's brought me. But I was looking at maybe Devontae Smith, but... I think he's too expensive. You might have to go cheap tonight. You go Fournette. They might do it through the through the ground game. So we'll see. I like that. I like Fournette as a little bit of a pivot play. I feel like you, everyone's probably going to be in on Brady, going to be in on Hurts. Obviously, the quarterbacks are usually the highest owned, I feel like, in this uh, in this setup. But I, I like Fournette here. Yeah. So last week was quite the fantasy ride. It was also quite the real football ride. For you. I think we got to talk Chargers football. We do. 47 points at home. We were down two scores down the stretch. We give up a big number, measly, a big, meaty 42 to the Browns. Gashed by Hunt, Chubb, Joku. Chunt. That was a 
wicked Sunday night football game. Did you catch? Did you tune in? Were you watching? So I missed the second half of all the late games. I was at a concert Sunday night, but I will say, it, did you see the stat that in NFL history, teams that scored over forty points and didn't turn the ball over up until that game were like four hundred eleven and zero. So they've never lost in NFL history when a team was scoring over 40 points and had no turnovers. And the it's happened over 400 times. Browns were the first team that that's happened to, which was this weekend, which is crazy. That but the Chargers didn't have any game. turnovers either. No, I know. No, but Wait, they, they got the win. Did. I'm just. We had an Eckler fumble. Uh, we had an Eckler yeah. fumble. Yeah. So it's just crazy. I mean, the Chargers right now are like. The AFC is so much better than the NFC at the moment, I think. like the, I was going to say the Chargers look like the class of the AFC, but, I mean, the Bills are – I mean, everyone says no one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. They are that wagon right now. They look incredible. Lamar looked insane on Monday night. Meanwhile, He's in the back. NFC, I, I think every team has – I think every team in the NFC is question marks. Lamar's back. Yeah. Mark Andrews, welcome back. We talked about this. He's He was due for a touchdown – I wasn't expecting him. How many did he have? Two and then two two-point conversions? Or was it three touchdowns? He went nuclear. He had two that. touchdowns, two two-point conversions. I think it was 60-ish points, captain's mode. Yeah, great day. for Great day for Ravens fantasy rosterers, Lamar owners. You have him on your team. You were happy about it. Mark Andrews, tight end premium, were back in action. He was a value in yeah. your redraft drafts. He was a value. He's a been good these, all year. Yeah, he, he has been. A lot of yards. He's been consistent. Mr. Reliable. Um, Cowboys, Trevon Diggs, he got another one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just kept watching. The, the, hold on. Before we talk about the Giants-Cowboys game, I just want to go back to the – Lamar Ravens discussion. Were you following on Monday night, the dynasty game between Kyle and Bracken? I was <laughs> for anyone who was. was not, not a part of that. Um, Bracken went into Monday night football up by 65, I think yep. maybe 70, a, a lot of points. And Kyle only had Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson left. And he ended up beating him by like 20. It just went nuclear he's Monday him. night Lamar right I mean <laughs> so right now Lamar Lamar is actually able to sustain I think two a wide receiver one a tight end one I want to get their exact positional rankings but for everyone who was hating on Lamar as a passer right now he's looking like a really really good quarterback um for kind of his expectations I mean he's never going to be like uh, be the talent of a thrower as Mahomes, as Josh Allen. But if he keeps playing at this level, he might be the hardest quarterback to defend in the NFL, or he's in that conversation. I don't know if I want to say he's the hardest because there's a lot of crazy good guys right now. But I mean, what he's doing right now as a passer, and obviously his legs will always be on a whole other level. Like is really incredible to watch. Mm. Quarterback play in general is setting the tone. I'm going to, yeah. You know, just across the league, I mean, Kyler Murray, unguardable, 5-0. and mm -hmm. Lamar, unguardable, 4-1. and one. Josh Allen, unguardable, 4-1. and one. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, unguardable, 4-1. and one. Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, welcome back. You had, okay, you had a bad week one. So did Tom Brady, week one of yeah. 2020. Yeah. Week one of 2020, Tom Brady and the, and the Bucks. we were laughing at him. They won the Super Bowl. Welcome back, Aaron Rodgers, four and one. Justin Herbert, unguardable in the AFC, four and one. Rams, Stafford, four and one. And the Bucks, Tom Brady, four and one. There's a uh, common denominator here quarterback play. And yep. in fantasy, these guys are crushing it. Outside of maybe Dak is probably the bottom of that eight I just named off. Tom Brady's QB1. Lamar's coming right back up. Herbert's top three. It's unbelievable how much of a cheat code the quarterback position is this year for real football and fantasy. Like super flex, if you have two quarterbacks from those top eight, you're probably in every game right now. Yeah, I mean, that's part of why I'm able to do what I'm doing right now in Melting Pot. 
I got Mahomes, I got Lamar, and you know what? Mahomes is almost disappointing right now, yep. which is crazy to say. And I believe, like, hold on, let me bring up where he's ranked right now. According to the melting pot rankings, he's the quarterback one right now in the season. Lamar? Our number one player overall. And no, Mahomes. Oh. Yeah. So it's just these these guys are incredible. We're seeing such a high level of quarterback play across the league. It's making the league, I think, so much more enjoyable to watch. But if you again, if you don't have those guys, it really feels like you're almost on the outside looking in. I mean, we could go through the bottom six. It's just pitiful down there. Yeah. Now there's this really, really interesting dance of teams that are two and three and three and two. I, I think you're remiss if you don't talk about Panthers. They were three and oh, they're three and two. Raiders, they were three and oh, they're three and two. Broncos, they were three and oh, they're three and two. All these teams we talked about a couple weeks ago, pretenders, contenders, they we they, we they got sniffed out. The better teams are winning football games. They were never, it didn't seem like they were real threats to just all of a sudden break out and dominate. Comes right back to quarterback play. Mm-hmm. Sam Darnold threw how many picks last week against the Eagles? You lose 21 18. Teddy Bridgewater like gets back on the Jets. Banged up. He gets banged up. Drew Locke comes in. They lose the football game. Derek Carr is not an elite quarterback. Raiders are three and two. It's just like all, all these teams that are middling outside of the Chiefs being two and three, which is just unbelievable right now that that's what we're talking about because there's still clearly an elite offense, but they're two and three. That's the yeah. weirdest thing I've ever seen in 2021. I know. I I do think they're going to be okay. I don't know if they're going to be able to catch the Chargers for the division. That's going to be very, very difficult. Um, and for them, it would be a huge benefit to be playing at Arrowhead in January. But I think they'll be fine. I, I've seen this enough with these like elite-level teams that have really kind of stink. If you have that quarterback, the defense always figures it out. Um, they played this past week and no Chris Jones, Frank Clark coming back off an injury. They were down to starting corner. Like the defense is never going to be top 10 or anything like that, but they have a, they have an aggressive style of defense, which when it gets exposed, it gets exposed and it looks really, really bad. So I'm not, I'm not giving up hope on the chiefs yet. I think Mahomes needs to play better. He's been a little loosey goosey with the football. I feel like he's probably been turning the ball over a little bit too much. I mean, he's got five interceptions. Or, or sorry, yep. six interceptions already this year through five games. And it's got a lot. fumble on there too. Like, and that was the thing. Like, if you're going to last year, mm, he threw a total of six interceptions mm. throughout the regular season. So he, I mean, he's matched that total already. So I think they'll, I think they'll be okay. But I mean, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to win that division. When do you stop playing hero ball and work the change with Travis Kelsey down the middle again? He's been. Not great. I mean, he's number one tight end, but he's been not great. Like nothing that you would expect Kelsey to be. He's pushing the ball down the field and just so wildly sometimes. You know what I mean? Like we're get the hit the check down, move the football. You gotta gotta get back to basics, I think, over there. That's I think that's kind of what they're missing. I feel insane for what I'm about to say. They miss Sammy Watkins. They miss having that veteran as your number two as a guy who looks Sammy Watkins was never the fantasy guy, but you knew if you threw him the ball, he was going to catch it right now. You're depending on Byron Pringle. You're depending on McCole Hardman. You're depending on these other guys who honestly, they just don't look ready to step up to the plate. So obviously every time Kelsey touches the ball, it looked like he's trying to do a ton Hill trying to do a lot. And Mahomes is trying to do it all himself, which I mean, he's, he's going to have to, he has to do it all himself, but I'm with you. I think they're going to get everything figured out. When is their – oh, they don't have a buy, though, until week 12. Mm. So that's a little bit upsetting. But, I mean, their upcoming schedule is honestly very weak. They got Washington this week, Tennessee, the Giants. They play Green Bay, which that's a good game. Mm. They play Vegas. Then they play Dallas. So, I mean, before their week 12 buy right now, so over the next six weeks, I mean, they only have two teams that I think have a shot to be able to legitimately play with them, which is Green Bay and Dallas. I don't think the other four teams I mentioned really stand a chance. Well, teams that compete with them, they're beating them. So those are going to be two yeah. key games. Cowboys Packers are going to be huge for the Chiefs. If they they their losses are right now, Ravens, Bills, Chargers. Yeah. Cowboys and Packers are must-win games. You get to five losses because you're not beating teams that you're you were beating last year. You just aren't. That's yeah. and that's the story right now. Obviously, that could change, but they're 
not a lot to beat these competitive teams that you're seeing in that top eight, um, no, which is but, definitely going to be crazy to see if, if, yeah. if that stays true throughout the season. For sure. I will say, though, I mean, both those games luckily are at home. Um, like, I feel a lot better for them that they don't have to go up to Lam- Lambeau and they get to play Dallas in Arrowhead. I just lost CEH now. He's on IR. Yeah, so at least three weeks, which I don't know. He's looked terrible this year, I think. And I said he could be the I said he could be the running back one. And boy, was I wrong about that. <laughs> but, he just might not be good. He's not. I don't know if he's big yeah, enough. He's they don't not, have. Imagine if they had Swift or Taylor. And DeAndre Swift is already in the conversation to be in the top five running backs. Yeah. I think he'd be we'd be seeing moon gains for him yeah. if he was on the Chiefs. I mean, they need somebody who can carve the defense up underneath, underneath, right? They have Hill, he can beat you over the top. Kelsey's gonna beat you in the middle. But behind the line of scrimmage, they're struggling as a football team. And I think that's why we're seeing Mahomes make these mistakes that he's making, is he yeah. has no help. He's no help behind there. Their drafts yeah. have not been great. I mean, you've hit on Mahomes, which that's honestly all you really need to do. You've hit on Tyreek. But again, that was kind of a weird situation with this off the field stuff. Um, But no, I mean, now that you're talking about it and I'm thinking about it, like you're right. They haven't. CH, the issue with him is that he's too small and he's not fast. Like he's not super jittery. Like he's not like a super quick guy. Mm -hmm. You either need to be. He needs to be bigger if he's going to run with his type of speed or he just needs to be significantly faster to run at his side, right? Mm. Size. Right now, he's uh, just not looking too uh, too good. I think that uh, that LSU offense really kind of uh, inflated some of his numbers and how he looked on the field. Yeah, that's going to be a missed draft pick for them. Uh, number 32 yeah. there. Uh, Saquon Barkley right back on the schneid. I mean, <sighs> come on, the way you get hurt. We just were touting him. Who was back in the week last week? Who? It was Saquon Barkley. Saquon. He's gone for Dude. probably a week or two. But Jesus Christ, his his ankle blew up like a balloon. It was a, a water balloon. I know. Uh, I know. Um, I I don't know. I'm just so sick just of, like, how often that he just gets hurt. Like, I, it's not his fault. That was such a fluky injury. Like, first of all, Daniel Jones, like, hits him in stride. Who knows? what we're talking about there. Yeah. It was a bad throw. It was a little high. Daniel Jones started off pretty poorly yep. last week, and then he got destroyed. Oh, um, that, you have to talk about that. I mean, he got his bell rung. Yeah, but he, we, I think he's, he's playing this week. We haven't seen somebody waddle off the field like that's, you know, back in the day, Chris Whalen, 2011. Chris Whalen, he got his bell <laughs> rung. His lights knocked out. He was fully concussed. <laughs> And he was headbanging on the porch back in the day, and he reconcussed himself on this old sailor's wooden chair that I had out there to the uh. tune of Sandstorm. So that was the <laughs> last that was the last head injury I've ever seen that really knocked somebody out like that. But Daniel Jones, I guess he's uh he's got a nice shell up there, nice brain bucket. Sounds like he's gonna be back this week. Yeah, no, so he's been practicing. I think he's cleared step four or five the concussion protocol so sounds like he's going to be up he's uh, going to be playing which is obviously huge for that offense i thought he was going to be out at least a week maybe more yep. but that's the thing with concussions it could look really really bad in the moment but you you really don't know yeah um so and they got the rams this, this week so they're going to need him yeah i mean we're going to lose but Good i just want to watch play. tony do cool stuff now like that's all just let me see Kadarius tony just do fun and cool stuff and hopefully not and then- punch a guy in the face no, no, I was going to say do fun and good stuff and then get kicked out of the football game. You leave on your own terms. You know what I mean? Like if you're sick of it. All right. Hey, I'm going to come drop 32 PPR. You're going to win 100K on DraftKings with me. And then I'm going to punch somebody in the face when I'm done. That's that's what that felt like there. And I'm I will that. never understand. I will never understand punching someone in the face who has a, a helmet on. Does not ever make any sense to me. But hey, in the heat I, of the moment, I'm not in the NFL. Yeah, I'm not in the NFL. So, yeah. Um. And then finally, McCaffrey. Sounds like he's out. I mean, he practiced less this week than he did the prior week. And this is what you see with hamstrings injuries. They don't really go away. 
Yeah, it is not good sledding for the one one right now. I, you know, he's got to be getting frustrated. You know, you just read Saquon Barkley. He's getting frustrated, right? He's missing more time again. He missed the whole season last year. This McCaffrey <laughs> stuff, it's just, it's really disappointing. Um, he's in, you're playing him. He's a great candidate for the next who's back of the week, but Matt rules conservative. He's not going to throw him out there if he's not he ready. He shouldn't. Yeah. They shouldn't. Now, I mean, Chuba is definitely not McCaffrey, but he hasn't looked terrible playing in for him. Um, but I'm with you. you. You don't play him. I think he's out this week. We'll if see. he even got in like a limited practice today, I'd be like, okay, I think he's probably going to play, but I, I think he's out. I think they're going to be on the more cautious side. But they while we him. were talking, I was going to say, but while, while we're talking about, about McCaffrey, do we want to talk about some of these other disappointments that we've gone through this whole season? I do. I'm looking at the show sheet though. It's Kyle uh, Pitt season. Let's not let's yes. not skip skip the prelude. Yes, it is. It's Kyle Pitt season. And I'm gonna make a, a verbal statement to anybody who thought that they could acquire Kyle Pitts at a buy low at any point during weeks one through four. You don't deserve Kyle Pitts, and you're not getting him. And that's I got him on a buy low. I got him on a buy low. I maybe redraft fine, but if you you're redraft, sending yes. dynasty trades and yeah. you think you were getting Kyle Pitts off of rosters, including tight end premium, you do not deserve Kyle Pitts on your football team. End the story. Agreed. Done. Thank you. Yep. That's all I needed to totally. say about the Kyle Pitts breakout. He was due. We said it all week. Kyle Pitts week. Kyle Pitts week. Um, it's good to see him actually do it. Now, I'm wondering, do we need Calvin Ridley to be out every week for some unknown reason? Or I hope I don't think so. I am just throwing that out there. But well, a lot all of I the think t- it takes is like Matt Ryan to say, oh, that was fun. Yeah, oh, right. So, he is a weapon. He's a weapon of mass destruction. I'm going to throw him the football. Yeah, he's back, baby. He's here. It, it helps, though, for sure. When you're playing against the Jets. I will say that really helps, but Hey, we'll take it. He was due. I mean, he put up a monster total this week. Um, If it wasn't for Mark Andrews, he's probably the tight end one of the week. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those two point conversions make it super dicey, but Mark Andrews also (laughs) caught like a dozen footballs. Like he was gobbling up footballs um, on Monday. Bright spots for a very poor tight end position. You might as well have punted the position this year. It's just so bad. Or drafted Gronk or traded for Pitts late, which is or uh, not traded for Pitts late, but traded for Pitts uh, when he was sucking, even though he really wasn't sucking. He was getting a ton of targets. He's a rookie tight end. They don't hit all like out the gate. But Pitts doing what he did this weekend it really, really shows Dynasty why he's in that conversation via the tight end one overall. Um, I think I'd probably take Kelsey, but if you want to go Pitts, I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah, agreed. I'm just thinking that one through. Uh, yeah, I mean, by next year, he's going to be the tight end one. He'll go before Kelsey and startups. He'll go yeah. before Waller, we haven't seen much Waller since week one. That's been disappointing this year. Peter's passing game mm. started off really, really well, like really well, but it's been struggling now. They played uh, who they played. So I know they played the Bears. Who do they play this weekend? Uh, let's see. No, sorry. They played against the Bears this week. The week before that, the Raiders. We're playing against the Chargers. So, yeah, I mean, they've had two lackluster games. They played against two pretty solid defenses. So, we'll see if they can bounce back this week. But, yeah, I mean, the Raiders in general have kind of been a disappointment. And, obviously, with all the Gruden stuff going on, I mean, who knows what that offense is going to look like right now. So, yeah, I'm a little concerned about Waller at the moment. But, I mean, how that season started I thought was a huge uh, – it was pretty incredible just to see how well Carr was playing yep. at the start. 
I, I agree. And I won't make comments on the situation in general. I will make comments on Darren Waller, though. I mean, when you when you take a look at that situation as a coach, John Gruden said Darren Waller was the best kept secret in the NFL, right? I think yeah. I think this is going to hurt his value a little bit because, I mean, you get up for a guy like that. If there's a guy who thinks that highly of you and he's not there anymore, you know, I think that's going to definitely be a bummer for him. I'm not going to speak, like I said, on, on that situation, but I'm just talking about Darren Waller in general. Um, I think you got to be bummed out about that moving forward. I really do. Yeah, I will say, though, I mean, it seems like him and Carr have a really, really good connection. And meanwhile, you look at uh, with the Browns, you got Odell and Baker. They can't yeah. connect. Nope. Waller and Carr really, really do have that connection where I understand where you're coming from. And I think that probably is a good point that I honestly haven't really even considered. But just to kind of counter that, I, I think Carr and Waller really have such a good uh, connection that I'm, I'm not super concerned about that. Sure. Yeah, and I think that I think that's perfectly fair. I I yeah. do. Um, I I think it's good. I I think we're in a good spot, right? We want to get to some letdowns of fantasy week five. I mean, just to start Even off, just we in talked, general, yeah, yeah, just fantasy regular football. I mean, we already talked CMC. If you had the one one this year, you're probably one and four. Yeah, struggling. You're you're not you're not dominating, and that sucks. It, it really does. And we touted the one, one is like a cheat code this year. It has been tough sledding. If you have the one, one, yeah, we'll just put it that way. It is murky territory there. It's almost like maybe you just need the back half of the draft. You go and get Eckler and maybe you yeah. go and get Jonathan Zeke. Taylor or whatever. Zeke. Yeah. yeah. Zeke bounce back has been Really good, but yeah, I mean, while we're talking about some of the other first round running backs, obviously Saquon, you you've been very very annoyed with how this has all kind of gone down this season. He looks really really great against the Saints. Second third play, steps on an ankle and is out another two weeks now. After goosing you this week, <laughs> um, so it really just piles up. Dalvin, if you did not draft Alexander Madison, really sucks this year. However, if you were smart like me and took Madison around early when I drafted Cook, yep. you've been okay. You've had one bad week, but besides that, Dalvin's been good when he's been healthy and active. Otherwise, they've just held him out. You put in Madison, Madison almost outperforms him. So Dalvin practicing in full today, which is the first time in a few weeks. So I'm, I'm looking forward to him and going to not be super concerned. Kamara in general, just kind of with the Saints. I mean, he, he's been playing bad. Like, he's been playing well, don't get me wrong, but I feel like he probably hasn't hit that ceiling that you were expecting to get out of Kamara. Um, Derrick Henry, though, chugging along. Probably going to hit another 2,000-yard season. But, I mean, if you have any of those guys who we kind of talked about, you're, you're probably struggling, and not a ton of the other high-end running backs are really kind of hitting their value right now. Yeah, Kamara, I mean, when you see Taysom Hill touch the football, you have to be cringing. Sick to your stomach. Over it. That's when he scores like two touchdowns, Ugh. you have to be cringing, okay, about that. Saquon, it's just big bummer. I mean, just really the first round has been a, a wasteland, it, besides Derrick Henry, right? Yeah. Man, he's if you so took good Zeke, at football. Huh? If you took Zeke... If you took Zeke in the first, which I think he was going in the first, if you took Eckler in the first, you're okay. Aaron Jones, you're like, eh, whatever. You're kind of bored. Um, yeah. Yeah. You're kind of bored. But, um, but that doesn't mean, though, that even these like mid round guys aren't struggling either. Like we That's thought. Sanders. Yeah. We thought if you told a lot of people walking away from your draft, you get the 1 1, you're going McCaffrey, Edwards Alaire at the last pick of the second round, first pick of the third, you're going Miles Sanders. You're probably pretty happy with that. Right now, I could tell you, if you have that team, you're probably 0-5. Oh, don't forget Joe Mixon, too. Mixon, Mixon, I've been, as someone who has Mixon in a few leagues, I've been very happy with what I've gotten out of him. But last week, they played him as a decoy. Roasted. Yeah, he's still, he's still scoring. So, I mean, if you played him, he did score a touchdown, which kind of salvaged it. He looked good in the first bit of the game, but Samaji Pirine is on COVID list now. I am firing Mixon back up into my lineup this week. I did bench him last week, though. So, mm. 
But I mean, if you're in a situation where you had to play him, at least he salvaged it with a touchdown. But I think he I may have had like 30 yards and a touchdown. Not not a great day, but could have been a lot worse. Yeah, I think it was more decoy. I don't think he was ready for yeah. the full full lo- workload. So uh, I'll I'll retract. I'm just saying in general, the nicks and knacks and the bumps and bruises yeah. is so mixing. You know what I mean? But you were getting him late. A lot of people got him with McCaffrey. And who did you take? With him, you were taking CEH. It's just been a disaster at the running back position up at the top. Really, I mean, the only people that I feel like are making out like bandits right now, the people that didn't listen to fantasy football Twitter and took DeAndre Swift as they should have because they were going to be checking the football down to their running backs. He is a good football player. On Dan Campbell's football team, he loves guys like him. We, We just need to, moving forward, this is the best advice I could give you. Just don't listen to what touches just yeah. don't listen to fantasy football Twitter. This is an indictment on fantasy football Twitter. Pick good football players that are going to touch the football and do something with it. That's all. That's all it is. I mean, I will say we kind of let this happen though, too. I mean, you and I, at least, and I have a league where I have Deandre Swift. I, I took him in the third round. I had the last pick of the first. So I went Zeke, Jonathan Taylor, Come back in the third. At the end of the third, I'm like, okay, Swift is here. I'll fire him up. Realistically, I mean, if I had taken him instead of Taylor and not touched Taylor, I would have been okay. Um, yeah. Now, obviously, I'm, I'm stoked I have all three. But even then, like, if we look at TC's team in Butter, which, again, is so running back heavy with it being non-PPR, I wish I took Swift instead of CH. If you're telling me I'm going Dalvin, Mix, and Swift right now, who knows? Instead of two and three, maybe I'm three and two, four and one. Um, so passing up on I mean, Swift we, at the we all turn, yeah. yeah. Passing up on Swift at the turn of like two and three was the yeah. biggest mistake everybody made this year. The biggest mistake I've made, I made it multiple times. Yeah, no, it's uh, he, he's been a monster this year. He's you could very, have walked very good. away with him on every team if you wanted to this year. Pick mm-hmm. your poison of when he wanted to take him early third, yeah. you could have him late second, and he was fine. Late second, yeah. and he would have been fine. Top, he's a top 10 running back and maybe top five at this point, depending on what you look at for formatting. But yeah, it's just crazy. And, you know, it's just so funny that we're talking letdowns. We're talking mostly running backs. Um, I know we have a couple of receivers on here. Allen Robinson, Brandon Ayuk, two big letdowns. You Bobby expect- Anderson, too. We need yeah. to throw in there, I think. And, but you expect more out of all those names. You expected more out of Allen Robinson the first five weeks. He just really hasn't been present as a top pick. Agreed. No, I I mean, I benched him in Dynasty. He's at the point now where he's a bench guy for me. Now, granted, I have, a not, I have another guy who we're going to talk about a little bit later, but I have Hollywood Brown. Luckily, Hollywood has really, really stepped up where it's like, okay, whatever. I'll just swap and put Allen Robinson on the bench. But if you really were expecting to get regular Allen Robinson, like you are really, really struggling right now because he has not been anywhere near that. Yeah. I'm finding that in butter. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. looking at Tyler Boyd and Jacoby Myers over him right now. Yeah. Just it, in terms of start sets, I'm going both. I don't blame you. I don't, I need to see matchup too. Yeah. I need to see it before I believe it. Like I need to, I, he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt right now. That offense doesn't with Nagy calling plays. I'm just I'm not I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt. I think one other name we need to toss out there is Rojo. Ronald Jones has just completely played his way off the field. Um, he's in the doghouse, just does not play. So yep. that's another question for you guy. Yes. Is Bill Laser calling plays this week or is it are we back to Matt Nagy? It has to be Laser. It has to be. Yeah, it, they've won two in a row. Like they'd be stupid Laser. not this game's for first place. Laser. Do you know that that this uh, Bears Packers game is for first place this weekend? I have the standings up on my side. Yeah, um, I have all the NFL tabs up over here. And do I think that they're going to beat the Packers this week? I, I don't. I don't think they can run with them. No, I think it should be the either. Vikings in second in second place. They've had a couple of disaster they losses. They stink. I, I don't know. They're if good I agree though. With that I don't know. But if they I don't. Agree with that they don't stink, but they stink. The Bears stink, 84.4 yes. for five weeks. I'm I sorry. Agree. They're terrible. I I agree. But they're they're winning games. So 
All right, let's go to a little bit more of a positive note. We've spent last couple minutes here being Debbie Downers. We've been venting. Who's been? It's a vent session. Yeah, yeah. But now let's kind of celebrate some guys. Who so far? I know. You, I know what your answer is going to be. Who has been your biggest surprise of the season? I'm not surprised. No surprise. Mike Williams. Come on. We talked about this. Joe Lombardi said he's going to use him like Michael Thomas. What does fantasy football Twitter do? They said, yeah, right. We've seen four years of him. He's a deep ball guy. He lands on his back every play with Philip Rivers, yada, yada. I hope you all eat your words. Mike Williams is here to stay. This is not a fluke. It is not a fluke. He was wide open Sunday. And he is 6'4", yeah. and he's wide open. There was a couple of clips in training camp. He's slow. He's lasting all the drills. We got Josh Palmer foot, footwork, and I like the kid, right? We got... Guy in and even before Tyron Johnson got cut, you know, okay, Mike Williams, oh, he's lasting drills. He looks sluggish going through. I don't care. He's wide open. Yeah. And he is sleep I was busting. Wrong. He's sleep busting on a weekly basis. DraftKings are winning money with Mike Williams and Justin Herbert, but Jesus. I think it, so to defend myself as someone who was anti-Mike Williams. Mm, let's hear it. The Saints only really produced one consistent wide receiver, and that was Slant Boy, Michael Thomas. You know who I thought has a similar or a guy who I think could succeed in a very, very similar role to that would be Keenan Allen, another great intermediate route runner and just route runner in general. And we've seen him do it for so long. I was like, it's weird that they keep saying Mike Williams is going to be that guy. I really think it's going to be Keenan. And because, again, we've had four years of Mike Williams where it's like, He's been healthy. He's had some really, really good flashes, but just hasn't really put it together. And I was like, you know, Eckler's there. I like Parham. I like Cook. And I was wrong. I was wrong, though. Hand up. I will be the first to admit it. I was wrong on Mike Williams. They're all eating. Yeah. Let's get no, Cook they all touchdown. are. Donald Parham's been dancing in the end zone. Eckler said, I'll give you three last week. Yeah. Three tutties. Underrated. I don't even want to score. He doesn't even want to score any scores. Um, Keenan Allen real football wise has been the hero of the yeah. chargers offense. He has caught every third down and every fourth down conversion. We've asked him to do fantasy wise. He's limping along. He's not producing crazy yeah. numbers, but real football wise, he has been absolutely saving the day for us uh, on a weekly basis. But Mike Williams, absolutely incredible. I'm very pleased. He has a great matchup next week. Or this week. I think he's a great matchup. I think they still key Keenan as the one. Yeah, they should. He's just going to be wide open yeah. all Sunday, and I, I can't wait to see it. What if they put Marlon? You guys are playing the Ravens, right? What if they put Marlon Humphrey onto, uh, onto Mike Williams and just like Keenan? I mean, if they just like Keenan, Keenan's going to eat. So are the Chargers yeah, a problem I, now because we're using him the right they're way? Good. Yeah, no, it, more, it's really good now that. Now that he's developed into becoming a weekly guy, you need to be concerned about it. I agree. It's a very, very tough offense to defend, especially you, when they're going for it on every single fourth down. Doesn't matter if we're inside the 25 or going for it. Yeah. I mean, when you have a quarterback yeah. that can throw a strawberry through a battleship, yeah, we're going for it on fourth. That's the D coordinator, by the way, the Ravens, the team we're yeah. seeing this week. But yeah, I think he can. I think he can throw a strawberry through a, a battleship. Sure. I mean, he's just been in unruly force of nature the last three weeks he's been unbelievable first couple of weeks yeah. were, were bumpy we i think we had a lot of mental lapses when the penalties were coming in and we were getting touchdowns taken back for us and he threw a couple dicey picks but he has cleaned up the mistakes the last three weeks it's been very impressive to watch uh um, yeah give me all right so i we just went mike williams town you give me yours i know who it's going to be but i i can't wait for you to talk about it I think I'm, I might surprise you here. I'm actually going to go Cordero Patterson just because he's so much fun to watch. Like I was motherfucking him this whole weekend because I was playing against him, but oh my God, this guy just does that. He does everything like everything. Every single play needs to be going to Cordero Patterson or going to Kyle Pitts. Forget about Calvin Ridley. Let's just go Pitts Patterson. That's it. The double P's. But Patterson has been awesome, and, I mean, if you have him, the fact that you could play him at wide receiver and running back is just a cheat code. 
You're like, okay, yeah. I got so-and-so's hurt. All right, I'll put him in there. All right, this guy's on by. All right, I'll put you in this spot. But you can play him anywhere outside of tight end and quarterback, which is, I think, just adds to his value. And you got him for free. You got him for free. Now, do you think he keeps us up all season? That, I think, is probably mm. part two of this. Way, way less likely than Mike Williams when we're talking surprises to keep it up all season. He's turning into, for me, he's turning into that, when he touches the football, he's like that Taysom Hill type where it's just like, you got to be kidding me. Like pick a position and you're 32 years old and you're a kick returner. Hey, hey, it's not he's stealing 30. touchdowns. I thought Mike will, I thought Mike Davis was going to be the running back here with Calvin no. Ridley limping along. He's been a disappointment fantasy wise. It's just like, come on now. I, but I get it. I think it's fun. You know, I don't have a great shot to win a lot of fantasy championships this year, so it's fine. Like, okay, do what you got to do. Quarterell Patterson, it's been a surprise, but I, I don't think he keeps that up for as long as some of the other guys that we have on the list here. I would agree. I just wanted to give him a shout out. Um, I think he's going to continue getting though a bunch of volume, uh, which is obviously the biggest indicator of success. So I think you just keep riding it out at this point. I don't think he's a guy you trade away. I think he's a guy you're just like, no, I got this man for free. I am just seeing where this takes me unless I get some crazy insane offer. Yep. Um, but I think I know who you thought I was going to say. Probably Hollywood. Ben. Yep. My boy. He's been my boy since he was a rookie. Um, he's the only guy on my team in dynasty who I also drafted in the startup. Just going to ignore the fact that he's been traded like six times in the league. And he's just ended back up on my roster right before the season. But I love Hollywood Brown. I love Lamar. I, I'm so happy to see him doing well. I knew that he always had this talent. It's just really, really cool to see him putting it all together and really taking that next step. I mean, he's just been incredible. Even to the end of last year, which is part of the reason why I was like, hey, I think he's going to break out. I wish I was a lot more aggressive in my take. What I say, top 36? I think that's what I said. And you were like, yeah, I should have been more aggressive on that and said, I I think the highest I would have went comfortably was a top 24 wide receiver, which – I think that in the moment, if I said he was be a wide receiver too consistently, I think you probably would have laughed at me if I, when I said that back in August. I don't know. Am I, am I over like am I overstating that? No, I don't. I don't think I would laugh at that at all. Last year, down the stretch, he was a wide receiver too. He was closer to the back half of a wide receiver one. I didn't think he was going to pick right back up where he left off, and there was a couple games where he could have went nuclear, and you're like, ah, okay, like it's not maybe all together. But he's been nothing short of spectacular the last few weeks. He's right at the drops. He's getting open. He's Hollywood again. He, he's getting open at an electric rate. His separation is just unbelievable. He's so always been I'm, open. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I mean, he can do it. And Lamar can get him the football. So I think it's all, all, all said and done. You know, 24 to 36 preseason, I think, is a fair take. And you're just happy. Now as a Hollywood Brown, he's becoming a little bit more set and forget. And you're happy. You're, you just know that like, okay, like, okay, yeah. we're here. When we got the guy we, we wanted two years ago, we got the guy we wanted at the beginning of last year to be that fifth round receiver and redraft that was going to be consistent for you. That's where he is now. And you probably got him in the ninth round or whatever. Redraft probably you, later too. Yeah. Maybe later you, you barely drafted him. You didn't even look at him really. I mean, most people no. in redraft you weren't. Uh, I don't have him in a single redraft. I never considered him. I just got him back in dynasty and I was happy. And like, it just feels good because it's like, all right, here's the year three breakout. I mean, you're seeing all these guys. I mean, you got Jamar Chase, you got these Justin Jefferson guys who are coming in and right away looking like that alpha dog wide receiver one out the gate where it almost skews some of your, um, some of your perception of what rookie wide receivers need to be. And, and sometimes it takes a couple of years. So it's good to see him really breaking out year three. But remember those things with those like Jamar Chases and the Justin Jeffersons yeah. of the world. We talked about this over the summer. Alpha dog receivers, wide receiver ones, they step in right away and take over. I mean, that, and we know yeah. that. And that's probably going to stay the same for a very long time. Um, I, there's a couple names on this list. I know we're probably coming right up around to like the Thursday night football mark here but I really like a couple names on this list long-term and even this season. Rondale Moore is electric as a football player. And it turns out once again, fantasy football Twitter is wrong about who is a good football player because Kadarius Tony looked 
ama- amazing play. He's doing exactly what film guys were saying. He's going to be a gap guy. He's a playmaker. Get him the football. Good things happen. Both these dudes underrated, flying under the radar all offseason. Not really talked about redraft much. They're playable right now. And Rondell Moore is a special athlete mm-hmm. on the football play. It's just amazing to watch. Yeah. I mean, I don't have any Tony in dynasty and I'm very, very upset about that. Um, but more, I mean, I, I got more in the second round. Tony went mid second. I saw Tony was sometimes falling into the third round of some drafts. Like that is to me just crazy to see that when you got guys going in the fourth round because, Oh, he might be the wide receiver one for the Lions, which nothing against Amon Ross St. Brown. He's been okay. I mean, he is the wide receiver one. There is leading them in targets, leading them in receiving yards. I'm not hating on him, but it's like, all right, we got a guy who went in the first round who looks like an electric potential playmaker, but I want to take this fourth round guy because he's named after a sun God and is might be the number one target for shitty lions team. So (laughs) looking back at it, I think the, what we've learned about this is that um, NFL draft capital is the biggest indicator of future success in the NFL. And I think we're seeing that with Tony, no matter what the the analytics said, the wide receiver position, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're looking right now. I mean, that argument goes exactly against what we were saying about CH for Swift, but for the most part, if you're talking wide receiver, especially always take the chance on the first round guy. Yeah. I mean, also early draft capital receivers. He hasn't done much, but Elijah Moore does have the best separation rate. For the young guys, it's like 83%, and he's had a ton of call uh, plays called back. He's produced a ton of PI yardage, and he has had a ton of yardage called back due to holding, so it doesn't show up at all weeks one through five. I mean, obviously, dynasty-wise, it's not really the most disappointing thing. Redraft-wise, you're like, okay, well, that was clearly a reach. I've caught he's, him. Not, he's not doing anything yeah. like Rondell Moore. He's not doing anything like Darius Tony did last week. The rookie receivers, it is still there, though. He's showing the flashes. The Jets have been terrible, but he does have the highest separation rate of 83% um, amongst these amongst these names that we're talking about. So it's not put together yet. It's funny to laugh about it. I get it. He he should be fine long term because they're trying. They're trying. They're just not good at it. Yeah, they're if if you have if whoever has. Elijah Moore in your dynasty league has gotten impatient with him. That's a guy I would try to go out and get redraft. I've cut him. I cut him after week two and I don't plan on picking him back up again. You can get um, him again if you year. wanted to. He's not getting, if I need to. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just not, I have a simple rule. Don't draft jets players. And that's just, <laughs> I'm going to abide by that rule. It's like the same thing where it's like, Hey, I'm not going to bet against Brady. I'm not going to bet against LeBron until I see them fall off an age. I'm not picking a Jets player willingly until I see them actually produce. Dude, the theme of next year for 2022 for me is going to be draft good football players. Don't get cute. Don't get cute thinking CEH could be the number one running back overall. I'm just going to take DeAndre Swift, the better running back next year. Things like that. Just draft good football players on good football teams and good things happen. It's just even if you draft the good football players on the football teams that aren't highly drafted, like, I don't know. You could talk about the bills and you're good. You have Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, guys like that. You could draft them because they're on good football teams and they are good football players. Antonio Brown. You should probably just draft him, even if you hate his guts, because he's going to score a lot of fantasy points. He's on a very good football team. That is is. legitimately it's going to be 2022 is going to be the theme of don't overthink it. K.I.S.S. Keep it simple. Stupid. Hurts yes. every time. Best advice I ever I ever got or was given or or gave in that mm-hmm. in that case case scenario. So um I know that we are we're probably coming right up on time. Thursday fo- Thursday night football is right around the corner. Th- is there I any kiss games? Is a, oh I was gonna say I think kiss is a good thing to end it on. I think that's a nice way to kind of wrap things up there. Just keep it simple, stupid. I think this weekend I like the Chiefs. Um I know <laughs> know we were talking about them. Um, that's a team I'm probably targeting. I'm just going to keep it simple. Like I am going to say, oh, Chiefs, great team. Let me go take Mahomes everywhere I can. I think he's probably heard the noise. They're playing against a terrible Washington D. Give me as much Mahomes, Kelsey, Hill stacks as I can possibly get in DFS this weekend. Keep it simple. Yep. And I'm going to just throw out my two cents. 
Ravens Chargers, high flying, go score some fantasy points, go win some DraftKings. That's going to be another game stack that you're just going to need to have this week. I'm surprised Baltimore's favored by two and a half. I thought that would be a pick. They're at home. I know. I get that. Yeah. But it should be a fun weekend of football. I think you guys will probably be able to look back on what we said at the beginning of the show about the Bucs versus the Eagles. Um, We both think the Bucs are going to win. I think we're going to see a big night out of Antonio Brown. Um, I think he's – he, by the end of the year, might be the highest-scoring Bucs wide receiver. I don't know. He he, he most likely be. Um, All right. It's Thursday night football. Get on your Bucks, Bucks Eagles. It's bye week time. Don't forget it. You got bye weeks, blues. We're singing them. You're going to have people in your lineups that shouldn't be. That means you know the drill. It is the Churn Fantasy Football Podcast at the Churn FF. Alongside me at Connor Bods underscore FF, and I am at JD Friend 14. You set your lineups, league. Oh, oh.